0: Good morning, good morning, welcome to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy this Sunday morning. If you haven't joined us before, then welcome. It is lovely to have you with us. This is a show that covers health and well being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their decision making and their consequences and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what our guests share, we choose to apply the relevant aspect in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Now, this week's show is a very human story set within the body of the land that we live on and the body of the nature that surrounds us. It's a story about the drought affecting 80% of New South Wales. Has it reached your door yet? Has it affected your day-to-day? If not, you may have decided that it doesn't affect you and therefore you don't need to pay attention. But my guest in the studio would beg to differ, and she would like to share with you how it is all of our concern, not just those who live on the land and who live and breathe rural communities. My guest in the studio is Carolyn Lyon. OAM, no less. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you, Lucy. Now, I was really aware when I started doing this show that we live in Hornsby and guy we don't have a farming land. Well, actually, we do on the outskirts, but on the whole, particularly in Kuringai, we don't have farming land compared to the land that is farmed in greater New South Wales. And you're a passionate advocate for engaging and supporting local community in the ripple effect um, of the way of living with the land, but also the human relationships... we need to have as we care and look after each other um, in that space so can you maybe share a little bit about you and and how you came to to live out in the country where you live in the country and and add a little color to to the name Carolyn
1: Lyon thank you Lucy I um, I fell in love and went to live in the country Ah. and i've been there 53 years and i um, am a rural woman i I name myself that Um, and i represent what it is to live on the land and have done for many years Um, it takes in working on the land developing agriculture per se it also takes in the local environment and the human aspect of things. So I have for many years uh, directed my energies. I think if you've got two eyes, two arms and two legs, then you owe it. And uh, so I've directed my energies in that regard for many years now. It's so much of um, our world centers around the world that we
0: know, and yet you moved to live in a world that you didn't know at all. What were the big differences for you when you moved out to live as a rural woman?
1: Well, actually, uh, I was born in the bush. I okay. Was, yes, I was born this side of Burke as a child, but we, we went through floods and droughts in those early years and had to leave. We had to actually walk off our property. Um, so my parents brought us to Sydney and we were educated in Sydney. And my mother used to say, why are you going back Mm. (laughs) to the land? But that's what you did. Yes, You've shared with
0: me before that it's in your blood, that it actually, that
1: maybe the land was calling you back. Well, I think we are predestined, even though we don't know it, maybe. And maybe it takes many, many years to find out what your destiny is meant to be. But... Yes, I think I was born and bred, I, it it was in my blood, and I reverted back to it, it was somewhere where I could uh, learn and live and have the children and create a life, but also become part of a community. Probably easier to do that in the country than it is in the city. I would completely agree with you on <laughs> that point.
0: Um, but you went with your eyes open because your mother and your your father mother and father had both said why are you going back because the reality was with those floods and droughts for them they actually felt they couldn't stay they needed to walk
1: away they did but it was also financial conundrum they yeah. they had to yes so but then you know we were tw- I was 21 when I was married and you just you follow that yellow brick road yes <laughs>
0: that's very (laughs) true now when you talk about being in a community you also talk about um, i can hear the passion in your voice and i i know because i've i've seen you know what you have done with your life that there is a an absolute knowing in your body that when you have a voice when you have those two arms two legs and uh, a passion for community you stand up for that community mm. you've done that in a lot of different areas now one of the areas that I found without too much difficulty was to do with fire which obviously is not to do with drought and that our show is about drought today but I would love to touch on it because my sense is it gives an idea of how as a community one person can make an enormous difference so as uncomfortable as it may be for you to talk about what you championed, I wonder if you could do it on behalf of others who may feel that their voice is not
1: enough to make a change. Well, that's the reason I did it. Because um, it it was... It appeared to be a fate accompli. Whatever was happening was going to happen. It had happened before. It'll happen again. There's nothing anyone can do about it. And a friend rang to see if we were all right because the fires weren't very far away from us. And uh, he said, you know, someone's got to do something about this. Yeah. And that gave me the incentive. Uh, So I got together 10 captains, RFS captains, that's the Rural Fire Service Captains, and their wives. must have women in this show, Mm. always. Mm. And um, I interviewed them. Uh, I got their stories. Which were cathartic, which were terrifying. I put it all together and then I asked our local member to come and chair, well, not chair, just listen to our meeting. I wouldn't allow him to speak, which he didn't appreciate. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, Sometimes I wanted listening him to hear. Yeah,
0: listening is actually what they
1: need to do, not Exactly, so much speaking. not tell us what to do no. and then go away. Yes. Um, he was no use at all, so yeah. uh, we got stronger and stronger and, I mean, the men involved were fire captains, if you can visualise, being big, tough, strong men, uh, verbal, uh, physically large, strong. Blunt. Uh. Yes, and, and, but wavering because there is this bureaucracy that tells them what to do. It's their land, it's their ability, it's they that put out the fire. And one man was threatened with being put in jail. It is a very weird world
0: when those with the expertise are ignored for a policy that is not founded on truth and logic Mm
1: -hmm. of the land. And that policy is developed in four walls with no windows. Mm Mm-hmm. They have very little idea and, of course, those type of bureaucracies are built on power and money mm. and that's what you've, you've just got to grow through that and demand to be heard. We actually achieved a parliamentary inquiry wow. and a coronial inquiry. Some things changed, not a not lot but some people were heard. Some people felt vindicated. Yes. Others didn't and still don't. Mm. And that fire was followed by what they call the Sir, Sir Ivan fire, which was devastating only a couple of years ago. Right. Similar things happened. Right.
0: What are, the, what are the, just very briefly, the core things that keep happening that don't seem to change? Um, the
1: bureaucracy run it. They wear white shirts with epaulets. Right. They tell you what to do. They come onto your property, and I've seen this in action, so I, I'm speaking from experience, yeah. and tell you to get out of the road, they're in charge.
0: And that's with um, land clearing, that they won't let you clear space yes, around your yes. land?
1: And you can't... Um, well, you you have to do that, but they set the rules. Right. But in a lot of areas, those spaces had not been cleared, and therefore there was no access right. in or out. But... When a farmer is told, get out of the road, we're taking over here, Mm. and he says to them, so do you know where the dam is? Yeah. Where's the water? Yeah. No? Well, it's my property. Yeah. I'll show you. Yeah. But don't you tell me what to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've got to work together. It's so interesting, (laughs) isn't it? I hear that and I go, surely, yes, we we take Mm. the... the, As you say, they know where everything Mm. is. They know how it works. So when we when it comes to looking at droughts it's actually quite interesting isn't it we really need to do the same thing we should be we should be talking to farmers and to people who live and breathe the land as opposed to going into our heads and trying to work this out from
1: a mental point of view perhaps mm. there has to be logistics there has to be simplicity logic common sense mm. and if we can rise from this problem with those things intact then we've achieved but it's it's putting together you know somebody said to me oh i'll i'll bring a whole lot of people together particularly women and i'll get their stories and i'll develop a model and i said no you won't i said the story is the same as it was yesterday is today and will be tomorrow just with a different flavor mm. and we have to we have to be sensible about how we go about things we have to develop a focus and and use communication and the social media these days to get everybody aware even the people in the metropolitan area if i could as as a rural woman and as the honorary secretary for the order of australia association i would ask anyone out there who has been given an award to please look at themselves, find, remind themselves of their expertise and do something about it Mm. because we are, that's our role. You know, we achieved something which was extraordinary but the incentive it gives you and the ability it gives you to move forward for others... Is always apparent and so in this instance it it would be wonderful if people who have some clout in these communities would go to their local identities their local um, people in Parliament and urge them to talk to the caucus and to say get out there and do something let's do it on a state and federal level so that these people can be assisted Mm. we've asked God for, for rain he is not listening no, we clearly have something else we need to, to, to do in <laughs> yes. order. <laughs> yes, it will listen and it yeah. will rain. <clears throat> but there is a lot that will go down before we get out of this, even if it has rained. Mm. When it rains, it depends on the type of soil you have. Mm. It depends on the type of rain you've had. If mm. you've got black soil and you've had a huge amount of rain, it'll just go boggy. I'd love to go into that in more detail what happens if the
0: rain doesn't come and the, the what happens if, you know, we get a, a light sprinkle or the different types of rain, mm-hmm. the different types of wind, what happens to the soil, what actually goes into the ground as opposed to what just runs off it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're talking about our relationship with the land, the world we live in and our part in it, what we can control, what we can't, how we react and how we respond. I wonder if our demands on the land have been such that we arrogantly assume that our food will just be in our shops and we don't consider where it comes from we've just been talking about really working as a community and the importance of having a voice but we've just touched on rain you know what happens if it doesn't rain but we also have to consider what happens if it does rain Let's go with what happens if it does rain. We'll come to what happens with it doesn't, it doesn't rain is the second point.
1: It's not just about it raining, is it, Carolyn? Definitely not, no. And it depends how long since you had rain as to what happens when you do. Mm. So let's assume um, in our situation at home, we've had two good falls in two years. One was 45 mils and one was 18 Holy moly. Um, so, when people ask me what's it look like out there, well, you can see sheds that you never saw before because there is nothing. The no trees are coming off the right. trees. Yeah. The grass is dead. The stock are mostly either gone or in small, small paddocks or whatever. You can see the wild cats. You can see the foxes. It is. It's an eerie look, it's an eerie feel. Then it rains and, okay, so you've got the dead dirt, you've got nothing growing. And by the way, you've got no water in the dams. And then it rains, as it did about a month ago, we had the 18 mills. Well, you know, I I have a saying, um, farmers, people on the land are very simple. Rain makes them smile. Mm. And after that rain, we waited two or three days and we had put a crop in and we did have some subsoil moisture way down. Because we had land that has light country and the crop was put in that light country, it meant that that 18 mils went down and it met the subsoil. What does light country mean? Sandy, loamy country. Okay. So you, you have the, what they call the profile then. Mm. And then you have maybe a good summer's day. Mm-hmm. might be freezing morning and night, but mm-hmm. the sun, the warmth mm-hmm. will bring that shoot to life. Wow. And that is magic. Yeah, it and is. And you go out there and I remember my husband said, uh, you see, can't you see the green? And I'm saying, no, you're colorblind. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. You're seeing what you want to see. <laughs> yes. And then it comes... And then the next time I drove past, it was covered in kangaroos. Oh, no. So they got and are getting what came up. We haven't had a crop for two years. We've been in drought for two years. Walgett, which is north of us, has been in drought for six years. They've had one crop in six years. So no income. So no life, no extra fuel, no drip, no – lots of depression, mm. lots of depression. I mean, it's just the fait complete. That's, that's what happens. You you can't move, you can't create, you can't provide, you can't produce. It's, it's quite an obvious reaction. Um, but worse than that, and it's happening now and it's been happening for years, we have suicides. So we have that mental aspect. But to go back to the soil – if it's heavy country, it will bog. It won't go down very far.
0: Mm.
1: And so that heavy country, which is richer by far than the light soil, needs more rain. Right. And that heavy country is the one you probably see on television. Um, I think there was one one shot of a crack in the ground in mm. black country out near Walgut, which was able to be you were the sheep was in it it was the crack was so large right. the dead sheep was in the crack that's how that country goes so it takes a lot of coming back yes so okay so it gets rain you get rain I mean no one thinks the drought is going to last no and yet it has yeah and how many years now is it two years for us Wow. Um, and so then it'll rain someday um, If it's good rain, if it's gentle rain not drenching, then our soils will react if it's and they'll come through with some good days and but you won't get a crop now. We're past the line of being able to put one in. Um, But then you will go on and you might get drenching rain. So if you get drenching rain on dead dirt, it just Takes the dirt away. That's our topsoil. That just. Which is actually what nourishes the seed. The seed. Mm. So when people say, oh, you know, those cockies, they're always whinging, they're farmers, there's never enough of this or that. I think people in areas that are not agricultural need to learn a bit, need Mm. to understand that the great diversity, the great pain, The great triumphs that we go through, if only they just take the time, and I think it only hits them when they go to the butcher shop and they say, I'm not paying that for a chop. Well, you are. You're going to pay a lot more for a chop when it rains too because they will try and sustain the price. Yes. And we won't be able to buy back in. If we've we lost all our stock, which we haven't at the moment, we're yeah. we're feeding, and most a lot of us are, but a lot of people can't feed anymore. If you lose those, it takes five years to come back. so let's let's
0: go there with that.
1: Uh,
0: the, it, it seems very selfless to stay in farming right now because you are having to play a very long game, as you say, you don't know whether or not you're going to get a crop and you don't know how to feed your cattle. What are the costs around feeding feeding your, your
1: livestock? Well, it depends how many livestock you've got on. It depends what condition they're in as to how many times a week you feed them. We, uh, I could only speak of what we're doing and say, "Hey, uh, we're bringing in hay now." The story of the hay: there was thirty trucks a day leaving Victoria, bringing the hay north, and some of those men who were running those convoys and women wow. was was extraordinary. Mm. It was just amazing what they did and how they provided not just the fodder, but a handshake and yes. a good on you, mate, and let's keep We're going. with you. Yes. Amazing. So, hey, about $250 a bale, it should equal, that bale should equal 500 kilos. That's half a ton. Mm. Half the time it doesn't. It's 400 kilos, but you're still paying for the five. Just one trailer can take about 38 bales, which is $10,175, wow. which I've just paid for, for that. Yeah. I need five loads. That's $50,000. Mm-hmm. That's going to last, depending on the number of stock in the, in the paddock, for two weeks. Oh. And then you have barley. That's now $450 a tonne. And that's landed on, on the property. Cottonseed. Cottonseed's 400 plus a tonne. And so that's what our output is and then you get to the stage where it's supply and demand and you find, and, and unfortunately, there's been some very cutthroat behaviour from the transport industry and some suppliers. These things happen. When when rules are set down, people try to make the most of it for their own advantage. Whoa. And, um, that happens. Mm-hmm. Nothing we can do about that. We just keep trying. But we have to... Um, we have to make a decision. For instance, last week, my husband was really anxious because it was seven days since the last load had been sent for pay of hay. Um, it had been sold for a three times the price. Oh, no. Hmm. And that's happening because, you see, the, the, people the are suppliers prepared to can pay make it. the money. Yeah. And people are desperate. They're getting to the stage now where where the supply, of course, is not going to be there. And so therefore, what happens if it doesn't rain? Well, there was a truck he went in some weeks ago to pick up cattle from a station. And he said to the farmer, to the owner, I can't move these cattle. They're in such a bad condition, I can't move them. Sorry, mate, he said, but... uh, I'll be fined if I cut these into sale. Right. So he left. The farmer shot all the cattle and then he shot himself. And that's that's true. So I don't know what's going to happen unless people pick up and decide, right, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to find out what I can do. There is the Department of Primary Industry, which is we're all working together, the drought coordinator and the Sallys and the Mission Australia, we're trying to create a focal point where everybody knows to ring in and say, I'm going to donate money, which is really the best thing to donate, to a registered place where it will be directed from to the need of the people. The two big questions are who needs it and how are we going to get it to them? Mm-hmm and th- that's that's difficult you know And we've done it before and we'll do it again but it's the right way to do it and it takes community
0: communicating with the people in their community mm. to be able to to work out mm. who the who those people are that are in a situation where they
1: their cattle are so poorly that they actually can't mm. can't move them yes and um so there's plenty of people Each local community, if we could go through Rotary or CWA or Lions clubs, you know, they, not all communities have them now. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have gone by the by. But those are the sort of on the ground arenas that we need to target and give them the information as to how to advise the people in their community. The Rotary Club of Wurunga is. Working on a program
0: for our local community and talking to other Rotary clubs in order to support local Rotary clubs around your area. And as you say, your local Rotary club has folded because there isn't the capacity to mm. to do that. It's it's much more um, acute the the uh, problem. Um, but we can do something here, uh, and so yeah. yes, um, I will put up details of maybe how people can get in, co- in in contact with a lot of the resources that you're talking mm-hmm. about. We're having a long conversation here about the land, about our relationship with the land, our relationship with each other as human beings and our responsibility, our interconnectedness and how we have got to a situation where we're not appreciating and valuing the People who have put their um, their all into providing food for our table. I'm talking to Carolyn Lyon this morning. OAM, welcome, Carolyn. Thank you, Liz. I have really appreciated what you shared with us about um, the human cost of why be a farmer. what I would love to have a look at now is when you were sharing the story, the very sensitive story about the gentleman who held on to his livestock to a point where they actually couldn't be sold, how does someone in that position where they're trying to weigh up what the right thing to do is, how do, how do they know when that, when that time comes or what the decision is if that is all they have known?
1: Well, no one thinks the drought is going to last. Every day you say it'll rain. You hope. You hope. You feed. You, you care for the stock. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're still paying our rates. We're still paying our fuel excise fees. Uh, we're getting nothing for it. But the people who are making us pay the bureaucracies, they're still getting their wages every week. Mm. So we have to keep expending for no right, no reason. I mean, the the roads are not being fixed. Mm -hmm. So that's one issue. While you've got the cattle on one side and you're trying to feed them, you're still spending. Yes. Um, The other one would be that you think it's going to rain and you think that maybe there'll be a government subsidy introduced which will help you with your freight and with your purchase of fodder. Hasn't happened. Did happen before, was abused by some, as these things are. It hasn't happened. There's, there's, I don't know how many, 50 million going to mental health. Do you think a million of that could go into freight subsidy and fodder? Well, uh, if the outcome
0: is mental health, it makes sense to consider it as part and parcel because suicide is a mental health issue. And where does it start?
1: Absolutely. It starts because these things can't be achieved Mm. and there is no way out. If you can consider that supporting, you know, look at America, look at France. They're subsidised. Yes. In England, they are paid not to plant. We are not subsidised. And yet farmers are the food bowl of Australia. And we are. We are. And I can't give you a quote because the one I remember is too old, but we feed millions and millions of people. Do you feel we don't value our agricultural um, industry in Australia? I don't feel the government values our agricultural industry. I think that, again, the... Power and the money that are going to come out of mining and coal seam gas is probably more important oh. to them and that's been proven and, yeah. yet, and yet you know um, our, con- our contribution to the gross domestic product is about fifteen percent, according to general estimates yeah, and and at times we've outdone the mining wow. At times, not always, but it's about 14%, 15%. They just have a louder voice, don't they? They are a bigger... Money, money, money. Yeah. Mm. And you see, we do rely on rain. That's how we fill our dams. That's how we water our stock. Yeah. That's how we grow our, our grass. You can't do it any other way. And I know, and I'm so sick of hearing, I think it was somebody in government, somebody important saying we are a land of... droughts and flooding rains. We know this. We know this. We don't need to hear that in this stage of a very severe drought where people are taking their lives. Mm. I mean, get real government. Mm. Why can't they see it for what it is and all this money being expended overseas look to their own back door. Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of support. If we need a subsidy and it's going to be... um, difficult to implement that help us out give us a chance Mm -hmm. yeah when
0: again let's come back to that farmer are there are there business guidance people who actually are sensitive not just not just the black and white bureaucracy that say oh no look let's just walk away are there people and supports where someone could go to that says okay let's look at the whole big picture, mm-hmm. what, um, what state your, your livestock are in at the moment, what, your, what you've got in feed, what you've got, you know, in your capital and what your ability to do a business case, I mm-hmm. guess, but also take into account the uh, mental and physical health of the farmer and his family, um, you know, what, what's going to sustain them
1: if they change their profession completely. Well, we do have rural councillors and um, they were very widely used in the late 80s and significant support to the rural industry and people on the land. We do have mental health. Uh, The New South Wales Farmers had and are still promoting um, programs to do with mental health. One thing uh, one has to remember... Everybody knows everybody hmm. and and i I did this uh, years ago. I set up a mental health unit um, representative in the pub, in the main street, upstairs, so that anyone who went there could not be seen going in. As if they were going to be seen, they weren't going to go. Right. So there's a shame attached to it's not a being lack of, able to. It's, it's yes, I, I I've got to cope. Everybody right. else is coping, you know. Yeah. It's not we're all in the same boat. So let's talk about it. It's right. no, no, mate. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Mind I'm you, right, haven't said all that, which sounds so dour and, and boring. We still have our humour. Mm-hmm. We still meet and um, go to the football and and. Maybe, well, we have, I think, two race meetings at Canamble. Um We show up, we dress up, we come together, we enjoy. Because mm-hmm. we, we do know that what we're facing, but, but we're resilient. Yes. We are resilient. And we, we know to help the next one. I've got um, a couple of billboards going, very, very large billboards. All they say is take care of one another. Yeah, lovely. And that, that is something, it's anonymity for the person who may be needing help. It's their decision to think about themselves or another and they, they drive past it. So it, they can do with it what they want. I can't gauge the outcomes of these billboards or all the banners and things that I used to put on fences. You don't know the outcome, but you do know... That a lot of people see it and may act on it, because going into town and saying, "Here is a van; it's the mental health van," to come. Yeah, not going to happen. No, Could happen. Pride. And
0: yet, and yet, a policy maker, or you know, uh, and and I, I, I guess you know, I, I do programs, so it's good for me to know, actually. Just sort of rocking up and saying this
1: is a mental health day. No, no way, no, no. Mm. So it's more. Um, we used to have somebody's. Somebody would ring up and say we're all meeting on Friday night in the paddock, with a beer, and and bring somebody will put up a, a fire and we'll yeah. have a chop or something. Yeah. Not in someone's house. Yeah somewhere outside in a way where they can sit and have a yarn. Oftentimes, mm. they're not even going to talk about the drought. Yeah. You um, know, they're going to talk about it, something else entirely yes. to make it a worthwhile evening. But there's a community, there's a connection. Yeah. And, yeah. and that is the word that we must start to remember, the word community and yeah. what it means. Yeah. The coming together of people of like mind. Yeah. And uh, if if people in the metropolitan area could realise they have the ability to find out a bit more about where their money comes from, Mm. where 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 their food comes from, Mm. who the type of people, how they cope, what it all means. We are one continent, we are one country. And yet I can tell you the, the agricultural community is feeling very, very isolated.
0: When you don't live in the land, as, as I don't, and, and a lot of people in the Hornsby and Guy area don't, there must still be something that we can do to support our brothers and sisters in situations that, that, that where they have chosen to be part and parcel of the food bowl that feeds us. And um, we want to be able to have access to fresh, fresh produce and we do have opportunities to do that in our local area. So I know that we have Tara Fresh Produce. They do a, um, a market every Wednesday in the Taramara area in the local Karua Park. What I love is that the organisers are going to give it as long as they can give it because they really want to offer organic, sustainable um, opportunities to people in our area and to those farmers. But we need to uh, um, actually take ourselves and be prepared to pay just a smidgen more. And it's not often not a lot more because they haven't got all the um, shop front and they don't have the transport cost that mm-hmm. other food has added onto it. But it is our responsibility to go and support those initiatives, go and support our local butcher,
1: go and support our local veggie shop, isn't it? Yes, I believe very much so. It's, it's a tangible uh, exercise for people who are not on the land um, as long as you realise it's not going to be inexpensive <laughs> yeah. because it's the supply and demand situation. Anything, I mean, just if you have a friend in the bush, ring them. Yeah. A simple communique, uh, just ring them, how are you going? It's really nice to be asked. And you don't have to give the, the the dour bad stories. It's just nice to hear somebody's voice and think, well, you know, somebody cares. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other thing, as I've said before, if, if people who um, have anything to do with their local members could urge them, actively urge them to ha- take a look at things. You know something, our agricultural industry is not sexy Mm. it is just not sexy and we have a uniquely small voice so we need our brothers and sisters as you've said of us um, in the metropolitan areas to help us to get a bit sexy, Mm. help us to be heard, help us um, let's, let's be a bit more united about things that would help and, and, you know, the government doesn't want to use the word drought. They just would not acknowledge the facts. About two and a half months ago, uh, the stats said that, that we were 30% in drought. We were more like 70%. Whoa. The bureaucracy is not telling the story because they don't want to use the word drought. That's going to cost them. So if they... At one stage, somebody said to me, when they fly over, as they do doing reconnaissance a lot... If you have water in your dam, you are not in drought. Oh, that's just so <laughs> ignorant. And yet we had, you know, we had the sludge and since then the dams have been cleaned out, as you do when you have a dry time. Yeah. And you clean them out and you start again. But, uh yes, so that is ignorance. It's, so, it's very short-sighted. Mm. And it's, it, you know, we
0: have to learn from history. We have to learn from... Mm -hmm. Um, the last droughts or from other countries. Mm. It's not about waiting until we're on our knees or our farmers are killing themselves before we do something. It's actually
1: paying attention to the small things. Well, you'll find that a lot of the uh, conversation coming from bureaucracy is, well, you should be more drought prepared. And, you know, most of us are, but this has gone on a long time. We yeah. don't know when it's going to finish. Most of us have had silage underground. Most of us have grown those paddocks and cut them for hay and stored them. We've gone through it. Don't you think there's the, this is where, and it's probably taking this
0: show way too big, but um, don't you think this is where there's something really wrong with that word resilience? I mean, you know, hello, if we keep building resilience, we do wait for, for dire circumstances to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate that we have to deal with what's happening downstream. We have to. We're downstream. We have to deal with that. But we really need forward-thinking people who have experience on the land to go upstream and say, "Okay, we're going to have possibly many years of having to deal with what we're having to deal with. But if we sow seeds... Mm -hmm that will germinate into something that brings about true change, we have to invest our time in prevention, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in in actually forward
1: thinking and forward planning. Yes, and and some of that has already been done and it has been picked up by those who can do it. Um, there's a different culture on the land to when I first... I've been out there 53 years. Yes. We, we are the oldies now. Yeah. The young ones are tech savvy. They've probably got a university education... They, which their fathers
0: who didn't go to university have worked to them, and and their mothers. Yes, please don't take me as sexist. um, You know, their parents have worked to the bone to afford them that opportunity, Mm. and they've come back, Mm. and now they're bringing that. And they have that
1: wisdom, intelligence, uh, nuance, and of course, also there's a lot of research being done. There are different ways of doing things. If you look at landline on a Sunday,
0: mm.
1: it's it's a, an eye-opener. The research, the, the thought processes, the exciting things that are being developed. So, you know, we do have a future in agriculture and we will survive, but... We are one continent. We are one family, and we need to talk. Wouldn't it be lovely if we lived that way? <laughs> and you know, it's it's interesting because
0: if you if you um, consider, you mentioned the the program Lifeline. Mm-hmm. Well, that will go because it's not a metropolitan city program. If if people who are penny pinchers don't see the value of that communication with our rural counterparts yes you know yes. they'll they'll get rid of I mean I, I I believe that the powers that be at the ABC understand the importance that they play in rural mental and physical health and so we'll keep those those outreaches and those stations going however um, the small mindedness of uh, some policymakers, really don't help the cause very much so we we do where we are in a position where it's actually we do have all the the connection of community and radio and newspapers and all of those things to make sure that we all have the potential to have that or we support those who are in a situation as we were talking earlier where it's time to actually say all right you have done absolutely everything to the best of your ability but now it's time to sell that livestock or it's time to move it's time to and support the person who doesn't feel like they have had the education that's going to help them make that transition support them to have that so that they Mm -hmm. they don't feel that the answer is to take their life they don't end so
1: angry that they actually see no other way out well in yesteryear and and also In the latter few years, the banks have a lot to answer for because they gave out loans knowing people couldn't pay them back. Mm -hmm. And so that's another burden on the mind of a farmer. Yeah. The overheads, uh, the loans, the banks, the the excise fuel tax, the rates, it, it all helps to put a big piece of timber on your head and push it down. Yeah. And so... What we've got to remember is that we have Mission Australia, we have the Salvation Army, we have any number of organisations who do very well at what they do. Mm. And so if anyone out there wants to do something and is motivated by hearing the story of the drought or a little bit of it, ring one of those organisations, say, now what can I do? They do it very well. Because they have the local expertise, don't they? Yes, they do. And and then what we're trying to do is to create a source for everything to go to. But by doing um, that, then everybody knows where to go for help, even if they're using leverage of another organisation to do it. And, of course, talk to one another. Tell people about the reality of what's going on just up there. Yeah, just out there. That's right. And, you know,
0: look at the day-to-day shopping that you do, the day-to-day living that you do. We have fresh fruit markets, fresh food markets in Barara. We have them in um, Taramara. We have them in Hornsby. We have them further afield um, and and out in the Hornsby Shire region. You know, when when we consider what we do and that programme, War on Waste, this mm. this absurd um, cosmetic standards that lead to unnecessary waste in, in farms and the price war between the major supermarkets, squeezing revenue that's paid to a farmer. Why not? Oh, and that is just to make our weekly shop cheaper. We have to accept that, yes, we, we do need some support to be able to keep those costs down. But if we're doing it the detriment of someone else. We have to look at a balance. We have to look at a balance. And I, you know, I call upon financial lenders and financial advisors. Sometimes the hard word to say is no, I won't lend you that money. But that might be the opportunity by putting a support structure around that person to give them a a more sustainable answer than just saying yes out of sympathy let me give you the money it's it, it's not about saying yes or no it's actually looking at the whole thing and working out what is going to be the more sustainable long term sustainable mm-hmm. loving
1: thing to do right but unfortunately we don't have bank managers anymore uh we used to be able to go to town yeah. talk to them put it put all the cards on the table work it through have a core person Yes, yeah. as, as in an advisory capacity who could then bring in other core people yeah. to support mentally or physically or financially. We don't have that anymore, do we? We're so tech savvy now. Yeah, it's We all don't done talk to one another. We have a telemachine, machine. And if you apply for something, it's on a piece of paper. If you apply for it, you have to be a university graduate to be able to fill it out. Yes, that is true. And... Um, Then you apply, and it comes back, yes or no. Same effect. I'm done.
0: I'm here today with Carolyn Lyons, um, OAM, um, for all the work that she does in community, and um, and you've been doing it for so many years, Carolyn. It's inspiring. Um, I love the fact that you talk about being on the front foot, that you talk about having arms and legs, a heart, eyes, and a body, a brain that is responsive to that call. And we can all make a difference with that. Um, we have a, a country that is a, a country that is in in trouble with with water and with the lack of it and the extreme heat that we're experiencing. We have New South Wales with eighty percent in drought, and people not being honest about that and and talking about the consequences of 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 that. and here we are sitting in the uh, really built up area of Coruringay and Hornsby. I'm trying to save as many trees as possible, but really not understanding that in the bigger picture of and our social and um, emotional responsibility to. To, to being a part of a, a wider community. What we obviously feel we can do in the smaller day to day is be aware of where we shop and how we shop. And also, there is the value of, of donating our money. Now, we can't just give our money to anyone because we want to make sure it's actually going where it needs to go to as opposed to going into um, paying someone's wages, because as helpful as that is, it's not very helpful. And to deliver a whole ton of potatoes, that's not helpful. And you were sharing about a drive that was very well-meaning, I, I, I can imagine, by a supermarket to collect, you know, buy one, give one. But then that put the local grocers out of business, which, you know, that's not that's not okay. That's not sustainable, because when the plaster effect has gone... There's nowhere to buy your food from. The Chris Grocer has shopped as a result of the plaster effect. So we do have to consider how looking for a short-term solution could actually create a longer-term solution. Carolyn, can you share with us uh, maybe some of the longer-term solutions that... I mean, I know you don't have solutions, but some of the longer-term ideas. I know one of them is, you know, looking at New South Wales Rural Assistance...
1: There are many organisations out there who do their job very, very well. We we can all utilise them, and they, hopefully, with our help and with the Department of Primary Industry and the Drought Coordinator, we can we can find a focus for them to go to. So it, it's almost two steps. You. Or three steps. You or I ring Mission Australia or Sally's or Helpline or Relationships Australia or Aussie Helpers or Lifeline and you say, what can I do? And then hopefully we can advise in a great large communique to all these places, okay, this is what we need. Can you do that? And in conjunction with each other, we can get something done. There is no quick answer to this, as there is no... I mean, we can pray for rain, and I've done that. Actually, it rained four days later. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. But there is no quick answer. We have to utilise what we have. We have to keep it simple. We have to communicate. And we have to have some empathy and, and be proactive, And again, I I call on anyone who has had the honour of being awarded uh, an Australian honour, the Order of Australia. Please look at your expertise and encourage and incite others to move on this, because it can be done. We are one and we will survive. And the local community
0: awards, you know, we, we, we honour people in our local communities. They too have a responsibility. It's not this isn't I don't believe those awards are about personal gain. They're about uh, someone saying that they've clearly got a passion, so actually you've been rewarded for that. Now make it about service to humanity.
1: Yeah, utilizing whatever experience and knowledge you have for the good of others. It's it's very basic and most people want to be able to do that. It's such a an extraordinary thing to be nominated for an award. But personally, it just gave me more courage. Mm. Yeah, and I'm sure that is, applies and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there because uh, most of us are elderly uh, who are wondering, oh, I'd like to be more useful. What, what am I going to do? Well, think think drought. Think, think prayers for rain. Think communication
0: on this show we often talk about the um overwhelm you feel when you when you unpeel something like this and you reveal the cesspit that we've got and the 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 where we haven't looked and and what's been churning away underneath and a feeling of overwhelm comes in and um i always say in this you must put your own um life mask on you know your 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 mm. oxygen mask before you try and help another and uh, and actually, we need to be in a forward-thinking position on that as well. It, we need to actually make self-care something that we do absolutely every day so that when we're called to help another, we're ready. We don't have to suddenly go, Oh, hold on one second, I just need to look after myself before I can um, be of service to, he- to you. If we make self-care and self-love and self-nurturing our way of being... We will have a body that is ready to do whatever is needed. We don't wait for the fire, we don't wait for the flood and we don't wait for the drought. We are in, in communication with ourselves and therefore with nature and the rhythm of life and we're ready when we're called to get into mm-hmm. action. And this is a call for action. It is a call for action. <laughs> Carolyn, you've been fantastic. I can't thank you enough. Uh, we we will have um, all of those those pieces of information on our website so that um, when I've put up this podcast, it will go with a little blog. It will have those details on there. And um, thank you very much. I look forward to working
1: further with you. Lucy, thank you for the opportunity. And to everybody who's listening to this Please think and listen and act. Act, team act. The interconnectedness
0: of us all has no interest in borders, in genders, in the man-made divisions of religion, nationalities or races. If we consider for a moment the reflection nature offers us and the power of biomimicry, our arrogance to separate from the world leaves us all in a very precarious position. The way we've been caught up in the price war between supermarkets and the squeezing of revenue paid to farmers just to make our weekly shop different, we need to heed Carolyn's call as a stark reminder of the part we play in it and by our choice to not pay attention and see it something beyond the boundary of our property. Thank you. Once again, it's pertinent to remind ourselves that what has or is happening in our lives, we always will be us constantly learning and underneath it all, we have the ability to look after ourselves so that we can look after others. We have to connect to that space and learn to build a relationship with our bodies that holds the essence so that we can recognize when our body's trying to tell us something isn't quite right, then we'll be able to be responsive to when the land is telling us something isn't quite right as well. Look for support in the community. It is there. It's time to open up to that support and learn how to trust again. That way we don't wait for life to come to us. We take ourselves to life and be the change we want to see. Till next week's show, be kind, be caring, be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.